Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. There's a lot of misinformation out there, but the truth remains indisputable. I'm Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and every day I'll be bringing you a full dose of truth on my show, Indisputable. We cover criminal justice, social justice, politics, racism, police brutality, and everything in between. I even make space for conservative voices, but not before they step into the bullpen, where I debate them on their policy agenda. In January, I hosted They Called Him Radical, a special tribute to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It features myself, Senator Nina Turner, Ricky Smiley, and Sharon Reed. Together, we reflected on Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy, his real legacy, and considered what we can all do to continue to fight for a better world. Listen to Indisputable and They Called Him Radical on Apple Podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. Welcome to the Quick Stop F1 podcast. My name is Nasha, and you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. And today we have got a South Africa GP special. Yes, that is right. There's a lot of clamor, a lot of attention on South Africa at the moment as they finalize a deal with Liberty Media for a Grand Prix at Kailami, which is kind of close to Johannesburg, the capital of South Africa. And I thought it'd be really cool to get some inside perspective. So we've uh, got two parts of the podcast today. Uh, the first part is with a guy called Sadir, who is uh, an incredible journalist from South Africa who actually broke a story a few weeks ago, which I'll leave in the description below. Uh, and that essentially detailed uh, having spoken to people uh, very close to, to the Grand Prix, to the promoters of the Grand Prix, in fact, um, about the South African Grand Prix, what kind of happened uh, when, when Dominicali came over and what it would need to, to kind of take place. And then after that, I speak to Wami and Langa from the DRS Open podcast, where we basically talk South Africa in general, fans in South Africa, the growth of South African Formula 1 fans, <laughs> the growth of South African Formula 1 fans, uh, as well as South African Twitter F1. So really cool show for you guys today. Before we get into all of that, though, make sure that you're liking the video, you're subscribing. If you're on a podcast area, that doesn't make sense. But if you're in a podcast place, make sure you're giving us a five star review on Spotify, five star review on Apple Music and leaving a review. Our, our podcast views or listens are going up and up and up. That's only because people like you share us. We're completely independent, we fund ourselves, we do all of this ourselves. And uh, it's only with your support that we're able to continue. So thank you so much and smash that like button, smash subscribe, reviews, all of them things there. And let's get into this chat with Sadir, which was really cool. I hope you like it. Oh, earlier, I would say maybe this month, maybe at the end of last month, uh, there was an article that popped up uh, on the internet, which gave some really cool insight and inside info on the upcoming Grand Prix, uh, potential Grand Prix in potential. South Africa, potential Grand Prix in South Africa, Kailami, which got everyone very excited. And I thought, It'd be really good to talk to the journalist who wrote that about uh, the things written in that article and the prospect of the Grand Prix in South Africa. So joining me right now is Sudhir Matai, author on the Double Apex uh, website. I was going to say podcast. You have a podcast as well, though, right? 
Uh, no, I don't. No. You don't? That's my fault. I just think everyone has a podcast these days. Uh, <laughs> me included, clearly. Uh, so, dear, how's it going? Uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, mate. I appreciate it. It's pretty cool. No, look, it's uh, it's it's super dope to have you on because I, I think I've wanted to talk to someone on the ground for a while now uh, and just, I guess, knowing uh, who to contact, you know, be, being in London, I, you know, my contacts in South Africa motorsport are very thin, uh, almost paper thin. Uh, so it's it's cool to it's cool to have you on because we'll, we'll get into uh, what you wrote uh, after, but I guess double uh, apex. Like, what is double apex? How did you start it? How did that come around? Double Apex uh, is an automotive portal. We we cover news, reviews. We do a couple of videos. Uh, so you say, you know, you, you also have a podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Okay. So we do car reviews and uh, occasional uh, classic car run and that kind of stuff. And we have a clothing label. We have a uh, an automotive nice. uh, inspired clothing label. And uh, I've been in the media game for about 20 years on the automotive side of things. Nice. And I've worked with some of South Africa's biggest automotive platforms in that time nice and uh, a few years ago i um i decided i want to start this clothing label called double apex and it it did really well we didn't have too many options in yeah. terms of what you could buy uh, for petrol heads in sa so i started this brand it it, it grew legs nice and whatever whatever money i was making from this uh this venture i was then investing in a race car so oh. uh, I funded two seasons of racing uh, an MX-5 in a classic car race series here wow. in South Africa. So I nice. bought a little toy and I went racing. <laughs> nice. And at the time I was, I was working for a big um, print magazine in South Africa. Yeah. And, you know, print's taken a, such a knock in the last few years that uh, yeah. I spun off into to the digital space and started Double Apex as a, an editorial website. Oh man, that's that's really cool. That's really cool. Had you always wanted to fund um, like a, a, a racing car, or was that just something that you, it kind of came like the opportunity came about? And you thought, oh, why not? Or is that was that like a lifelong dream of yours? Absolutely, lifelong dream. Mate. Yeah, you know, I've been watching and following Formula One and and just about every motorsport since I was probably five or six years old. Okay, and um, you know, you may know the history of South Africa that if you you want the right color, then opportunities didn't come your way yeah and um i ended up in that boat you know by virtue of being the wrong color at the time yeah and um i had harbored this dream for the longest time and um you know just worked hard and 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 eventually you know through years of working and saving and just the right opportunities and you know ending up in the workplace in the automotive space then put together this project this was a bit ambitious initially and yeah. uh and ended up racing yeah i've raced a couple of seasons i've done some national championship stuff at one stage um i've raced circuits i've raced off-road like a, a dakar style a series that we have wow. in South africa um i've been lucky so a couple of people have trusted me with their race cars i've raced a 911 gt3 cup car at one stage nice mm. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's and then, awesome. And then my own Mazda, Mazda track car. Yeah. Wow, that is really cool. Um, 
No, that sounds really cool. And that's like, I think what people don't really appreciate with South Africa maybe is that there is such a large motorsport and like automotive culture over there. Like people love cars, like in general. So um, it's not as if F1 have just gone, okay, look, we're going to pick a random country and okay, let's go to South Africa. Like there really is like a love and passion for cars and motorsport. Absolutely. But, you know, uh, we, we've been getting cars in SA since the turn of the 20th century, you know, we've had model A's and model T's and multiple automotive manufacturers have set up shop here. Yeah. So, you know, BMW and Mercedes Benz and Volkswagen and Ford all had factories here and, you know, a few more besides over the years. Um, our first Grand Prix was hosted in 1948, I think. This was, you know, even wow. pre-F1 yeah. as a championship. Um, you know, the, the big names raced auto unions here wow. in the 1940s, you know, and then the race uh moved from the coast where it was in in east london it's still called the east london grand prix circuit because it's to the grand prix yeah, nice. um and you know then the race ended up at kailami it found yeah. a home at kailami for many years and then when sanctions were placed in africa through the 80s uh formula one eventually pulled out you yeah. know like many of the big big companies from around the world all left and then when uh, apartheid was, you know, essentially outlawed, then we hosted two races. I think it was 9394 or 9293. Yeah. Some combination of that. So we've hosted races and we have a great motorsport history and we've produced drivers, uh, you know, yes. this little country in the bottom end of Africa. You know, we've got a world, Formula 1 world champion. Yes, of course. Jody lives now. Yeah. He lives in England and he's a, he's a farmer, I believe, who makes really good cheeses, of course. <laughs> Um, Lovely. You know, his his family have, have raced his brother and his nephews. Um, we've got guys currently on the world stage mm. racing GT3 cars, DTM. Uh, you know, we've we've got a pair of brothers in MotoGP. Yes. Uh, the Binder brothers are doing exceptionally well. You know, mm. a race winner in in Brad. Uh, we we've produced you know probably a few hundred quality drivers over the years. So there's definitely a culture of, of, of motorsport and racing here that lends itself yes. to an F1, maybe more so than some other countries in other parts of the world. 100%. Sorry, 100%. I, I could not agree with that more. Sorry. <clears throat> so with... Uh, there's been so... I think... You know, obviously, like I said, the race, I think, ended in 93, right? And there's, or the last race was in 93. And mm. and we're in a situation now where this is not the first time that the idea of a race in South Africa has been floated since, right? I think we've heard whispers and rumours. And, you know, I think, from my understanding, they've tried to get it off the ground um, and it just hasn't been able to for various reasons. But right now i think there's a good mix of a will on both sides to to really make it happen um so from your understanding um how close or i guess yeah how close potentially are we to having the south african grand prix back on the grid anyway let's like forgetting about whether it'll be next year or, or 2024 like how close are we i guess is uh, is a potential agreement between Liberty and the organizers of the South African Grand Prix? So, I think, as you said earlier on, the the world right now is at its at its highest. 
Yeah. Uh, I think leaving Africa off a world championship is, is an obvious oversight. Uh, you know, if you go to Australia yeah. and you're going, you know, to, to South America, China, guys have been to Korea and India and to skip, you know, 57 countries in the middle of the world <laughs> yeah. that, that represents, you know, 1.2 billion people, you know, then something's wrong. Yeah. So, you know, I think everyone's realized this and, you know, the new management, uh, the Americans in charge of, of, you know, the commercial rights, uh, Stefano Domenicali now, you know, the, leading the charge, um, directing, you know, wh- where they go and, and yeah. what they should be doing. Um, so from all the, the previous uh, what-if scenarios, I think this is is the most promising. Uh, so Domenicali is, is, has been here recently to do a, you know, a site inspection, as it were, but you know, yeah. just to have a look at and some meetings here with the with the senior role players. Um, we've got a promoter in SAGP, uh, yeah. the company that was formed to, to host the race. We've got a facility in Kailami. Uh, we've got uh, interest from private investors to host the race, and we've got Formula One going. Hey, you know, we'll talk to you guys. We're keen to host something in Africa, and wouldn't surprise me. You know, I think everyone's really keen to get this off the ground. Um, 2023 may be a stretch. Yeah, uh, I'd love to, you know, <laughs> have the discussion with you in six months from now. Going, uh, you know, our race is on the calendar. Yeah, um, you know, perhaps 23. If something doesn't gel on next year's calendar, the way that Russia fell off yeah. uh, this year, and uh, you know, there's this addition of Las Vegas next year, potentially China, which yeah, then really, you know, the calendar is really full at the moment. Yeah. Um, and the more likely scenario, I guess, is 2024. Mm. Um, but you know, again, everyone's pulling in the same direction now. You know, it's like, you know, it's not the South African fans going, we want to race, we want to race. <laughs> yeah. And Liberty is going like, oh, we're not coming to you guys because, you know, who's going to pay for this thing? Yeah. And where will we host it? You know, we're not exactly. going to give you a race and then you don't have a facility for it. Yeah. Now I think we're all on the same page and, you know, how quickly that page gets turned to the next is up to all those role players. And um, I guess, what are the barriers to a South African Grand Prix happening? I guess let's talk regarding the track itself. Um, I think there's been talk of it being having to be um, upgraded to an A-grade circuit. Is that is that correct? Right, a level one. A level, level one, one circuit. circuit, yeah. So what, what does so... that mean? F1 uh, tracks can only run on, on level one circuits and uh, Kailami is approved to level two. So we can host uh, World Endurance Championship, WEC. We can host uh, international GT3 races, which we've done for the last three years. We've yeah. had uh, the season close of IGTC was here, the GT3 okay. international series. Um, and the, the track itself, the facility is incredible. You know, it's got the space needed you know, more yeah. so than a Monaco, of course, you know, yeah. we, you know the, mon- the massive trucks can come in easily. And when they revamped the circuit a few years ago, they were cognizant of these facts. Okay. Because we'd hosted those races in the nineties uh, and maybe there were a few issues that, that, that needed to be addressed. Yeah. And the new owners, when they revamped the circuit, they addressed a lot of those. So okay. ease in and out the, out the track for massive trucks uh, is very simple. The, it's a direct line in now with, a, with an underpass used to be this very windy, convoluted road nice. to get in to where it was, and, and that's made a lot easier. Funnily enough, I used to work at Kailami. Oh, okay. I worked there for, but yeah, I did some motorsport promotion. 
uh, at the circuit. So I used to go to work every day at Kailam. Ah, oh, nice. <laughs> Driving in the access roads to get in. So I know them quite well. Nice. So Kailami needs a little bit of changing. I believe there's some runoff that needs to be expanded. Yeah. And uh, Formula One's now using these uh, very uh, crash-friendly tech pro barriers. Yes. Um, and there aren't enough of those around. And, you know, I, I guess if an F1 race was forthcoming, then, you know, the tech pro barriers would be bought and installed. It's, 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 that's yeah. not an insurmountable task. And um, I guess... Uh... People might say, or I've heard, I guess that, you know, from a funding point of view, uh, you know, um, how are South Africa going to be able to, to, you know, to fund the race and I guess the entry fee and I guess the costs of just hosting a race before, you know, you take into account revenue from ticket sales and, um, and merch and, and, and hospitality drinks, whatever. Um, yeah. Is that part of the delay in getting the race together or is that pretty much in hand the the sagp ceo and i had a discussion about this and he says you know they've got investors in place private investors okay national government doesn't come to the equation so it's not a case of um they're asking the sa government to pay towards the race okay the, the funding will come from from private sector uh and in the form of a tourism levy um okay. you know we plan to to attract many, many foreign visitors with, yeah. with an event here. Potentially on the premise that uh, the South African uh, uh, rand against uh, euro, dollar, pound is not extremely strong. Yeah. So you can come here with not too many euros or pounds and have a blast. Have an yeah. and, I am, you know, I, I'm aware of that interest rate and uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> very favorable, let me tell you. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know, you, you, you make it down to, to SA, mate, and, and you will be shocked. And, and I would say beer's on me, but when you come with pounds, the beer will all be on Yeah, me. no, yeah, don't <laughs> worry. I've, uh, <laughs> I have friends and family who are very cognizant of that fact. And uh, my pockets are always empty, but look, gladly so. So, so funding isn't, isn't an issue. I don't think it's a stumbling block um, to this happening now. It's, you know, it's a case of all the parties just agreeing on the terms mm. of how and when this is going to happen. I think, you know, they, these, everyone's keen for this to happen. It's, okay it's, it's, and that's uh, and it's, that's incredible it's, right? that's fantastic news man absolutely fantastic news we have a massive formula one following down here mm. uh, we see all the races live um if you look at all the automotive websites mine included we yeah. all cover formula one almost real time yeah um you know we cover practice sessions quality race results um you know we gobble up f1 content and the interesting thing about f1 you know i suppose like many places in the world and perhaps uh you know the likes of of lewis's presence there yeah. has expanded the sport uh, to a wider audience in the last let's say 10 10 odd yeah. years 12 years so from the last time the sport was here to now i think the the audience base has grown yeah. um you know several fold um to where it was 15 20 years ago yeah so you know to put it in simple terms you know our, our population is 80 percent black um so you know there's a, there's a very large number of of non-white folks watch and follow formula one very very closely yeah and i think that's that's the thing right like the last race like i say was under apartheid 
just after just, just after. after okay just after so you know um south africa in in 93 is a lot different than south africa in 2023 or 2024 right like, absolutely absolutely um, 30 and, years later you know we've got an emerging black middle class um mm. you know people who were impoverished back then and, and I'm, I'm not going to gloss over it because we still have impoverished folks in sa um, but there's definitely a larger number of people who have been empowered yeah. um, in the last 30 years. Of course. Um, and, and, and that's, and that's the, I think mean, that's the, the cool thing, right? That if there is a, um, a, a Grand Prix in, in Africa, that, that the, the audience who go to that race needs to be representative, I guess, of, of the people who live in that country, right? It's a no-brainer, man. And I think that's what, and I think in the article you were saying that potentially they were going to make sure that there were a portion of tickets that were um, available to local residents or South Africans at maybe a cheaper rate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what the the CEO of SAGP said to me, yeah. that there'd be a set of tickets reserved at a, at a lower value that you can only buy as an African resident, yeah. um, which is great. It means people can access the track in the event. Nice. Um, you know, with any with any Grand Prix, you know, even Miami, you can buy a really cheap ticket that gets you into the facility mm. to walk around, uh, or you can go and sit upstairs the pits and rub shoulders with CEOs yeah. and managing directors, but it costs you. You know, 10,000 10, pounds. Yeah, alarm in the leg, know. yeah. <laughs> exactly, 10,000 pounds. So, so we're going to have, you know, also that that sort of um, stacked um, system here. So, you know, there'll be tickets affordable. I'm not going to say cheap, but affordable to, to a population and tickets at the very, very high end for people who, who want to spend that kind of money. Lovely stuff. Uh, sorry, could you just uh, restart your video again, please? Thank you. Is my video okay? Is, is my video okay? The whole you know? time yours was fine. Okay, cool. That's fine. Um, so, 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 oh, sorry. Back, sorry, going back a step to that, you, you know, I said early on that, you know, Africa is, is so big and we don't yeah. have a race. What I'm really hoping happens is that, you know, we start here mm. and, you know, 57 countries, you know, the US has three races scheduled for next year. Yeah. It's one country. Yeah. North America has five. <sighs> You know, yes. for half a for four continents, we don't have one. So maybe this opens the door, and we host one now. And you know, whether it's F one or Liberty or even some motorsport organization in Nigeria goes, we should consider a race in Nigeria. Yeah, you know, very wealthy country, a country that has you know oil reserves and a, a high number of of very wealthy individuals. You know, this is a second African race to be had. Then why not Nigeria? You know, there has to uh, Formula E. In, in Morocco. Yeah, I was going to say Morocco, uh, they threw their hat in as well for a race quite recently. They hosted Formula E a while yeah. back, and then they also hosted World Touring Cars in, in Morocco. So it's not impossible. Mm. These are FIA events, you know, taking place in, in, in African countries. So, you know, why isn't F1 here as well? Yeah, and look, and that's the thing, right? Like, I guess that, um, I guess that, with the expansion of F1, look, they are saying essentially Domenicali said that he wants 23 Monaco's on, on in the race in terms of um, 
spe- glamour. glamour, right? If yeah. not, yeah. if not, if not racing spectacle, but glamour, right? He wants twenty three glamorous races, almost like twenty three Coachellas. If 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 I was to put it into like music festival yeah. terms, like you know, grand events where yes, there is an F one race there, but there's entertainment off the track with the concerts and you know, and the celebrities and really. Yeah pitching f1 as as a glamour event held across the world i'm not sure if you're aware that uh, we're hosting a formula e round as well yeah isn't it next year uh yeah, yeah it's the lat- i think it's the latter part of next year cape town uh cape town correct yes yeah, so it's yeah. the city where i live um you know if you know the layout uh, johannesburg is sort of uh inland yeah it's up to, you know high yeah, up yeah it's um, like in the middle and, and... yeah so sort of centralish yeah uh, at very high altitude it's uh yeah. 1,600 meters, uh, Kailami. Uh, but Formula E is coming to uh, to the city where I live on the st- to race on the streets of of Cape Town. And, yeah. and who knows, you know, if we have an F1 race in, let's, you know, at some point in the year, maybe 23, and then the guys see the second round on the streets of Cape Town, it's like, maybe that's also a possibility. You know, it's, it's, it's mm. you know, the doors just start to open, you know, quicker and... For sure. And, and that would be awesome. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's gonna be really interesting. I guess whichever one's first, I guess, it's just gonna be really interesting to see the just the reaction to it, the scenes there, you know, the reception to it. Um I, I'm I think if if Kailami doesn't happen, then I'm definitely going to go to the to the to the Formula E race because you know it's just it'll just I feel like it's going to be an incredible spectacle. Cape Town's gorgeous. Um, then you'll be in in the city where I live, and then the beers are on me. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, okay, fine. You know what? We can we'll do a round each. That's fine. <laughs> You're on. You're definitely on the, the beers. On, yeah. Um. So, what's Kailami like as a racetrack? Um. I've read conflicting articles about what it would be like as a Formula One race. I've read one one person, one driver said that it's gonna be, it's a great technical circuit and the drivers are going to enjoy it, but they weren't sure whether uh, any real overtaking could happen. I've seen someone else say that there's a long straight and therefore, you know, I guess with DRS, it shouldn't be a problem. Um, what is the? What do you imagine a Formula One race at Kailami would would look like? So, as far as overtaking goes, yeah. there are plenty of circuits on the calendar that are providing no overtaking <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah. So you know, how someone can go, someone can go. Oh, we can't go there because there's no overtaking. Yeah. Uh, Kailami is very technical. I've I've driven loads of laps around there in various guises because the track yeah. evolved, uh, you know, over several. Of course. Uh, Guises over the years. In fact, the current circuit uh, is anti-clockwise. Yes, because the original circuit, the very fearsome Kailami that appears in some very old games, yeah. was a clockwise circuit. Mm. And then a business park encroached into the space, and then they they uh, got rid of half the circuit. Oh. And they had to flip it over and use the other side, the other piece of land, oh. um, to extend it. Uh, and that I think became, you know, a bit of a compromise in, as to what they built and what they created. So over the years, it's it's been changed. And the the F one, the last time F one ran there, I seem to recall. I, I think I was still at school, as the middle of my my schooling. That the laps, the speed at Kailami was the slowest average speed of any circuit in the season. Okay. And I seem to think that included Monaco. So for an F1 car, it was it was a real um, 
uh, it's a really, really technical circuit. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've raced there in a, in a different shape and I've driven lots of road cars there. And it's a very, very tricky circuit to get on. You have to be, you know, you've got to be on it. Um, since then, um, they've really extended the front straight. Okay. Really, really extended the front straight. So I can easily see that being a, uh, easy, a DRS pass because yeah. it's a very long straight and a very, very slow left-hander at the bottom right. followed by a very slow right-hander so you know you, you can get the undercuts and then you can get yeah the okay. and then you can, you know, you've got to switch over so it could be quite interesting there i think for, for the drivers from a driving perspective it could be quite quite interesting um i don't think any of the current guys has driven the circuit as it is today yeah um but the igtc guys who raced here 2019 20 and 21 you know they they love the circuit we say GT3 cars it is, is a different kettle of fish, mm. um, but you know, loads of overtaking, uh, plenty of opportunities, uh, lots of elevation change, which makes things interesting. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's uh, 1,600 meters, 6,000 feet. Um, a different challenge for the cars. Yeah, of course. I mean, we've seen in the past where there's altitude differences. They, they you know, they used to play into Red Bull's hands over Mercedes because of uh, cooling issues and, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely a factor. And again, again, I guess depending on when the race is, we could be seeing a potentially quite hot race, or we could potentially see a wet race. It, like it really yeah. could be. It like it oh. could be like. Do, are there any it's... ideas about when it could be? No, I, I, you know, yeah. many, many years ago, Kalam used to be the season opener. Oh, right. So the guys would come over while it was winter in Europe. Yeah. Uh, start the season here in our summer, have the first race and they'd get going. Yeah. Um, so you've, you've got a couple of challenges here. If you host in summer, the weather's warm, which is great, and it's the yeah. European winter, um, there is the imminent threat of a thunderstorm every afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> the the climate just means the clouds build up. You can almost set your clock by it. You know the clouds rolling over Kyle Army, it buckets down, and it changes the complexion of the event completely. We could host a race in winter. You yeah. know, it's 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 our winter right now. Um, it's not horrendously cold by European standards. You know, I could go outside in my t-shirt right now. Yeah, I'd feel a bit chilly, <laughs> but there's no rain. There's no snow. There's right. no clouds. So you've got these bone dry circuit conditions very cool temps mm. uh, which make it pleasant even to be a spectator you know if you're sitting in the sun yeah and it's 15 degrees celsius you know 12 15 18 degrees celsius it's pleasant for most europeans you know that's a that's a good summer's day yeah you know? 100 percent. yeah <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> okay so i mean i yeah i mean i think either way either or uh, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be an incredible incredible event, and I guess w w what do you imagine? I guess the for those who have you know maybe on the fence, or for those with a limited knowledge of South Africa, what do you what would you say to someone who you know who is maybe considering coming to South Africa for for the Grand Prix and? Um, and and I guess what their experience may be if they were to come over. You know, most places in the world typically make the news when something bad happens. Yeah. You know, there was a terrorist attack, there was a bomb blast, there was yeah. a tsunami, there's a nuclear fallout and whatever. And South Africa unfortunately falls, you know, exactly in that trap that whenever yeah. something nasty happens here, we make the news, we make worldwide news. Um, you know, and we we just like so many other places in the world, man. We've got lots of hardworking people. 
who just want to go to work, you know, provide for their families, uh, send their kids to a nice school. And, you know, you come to SA and you see lots of hard work. You see it, you know, you see people getting up early, going to work to make, you know, not a lot of money to provide mm. for their families. And a lot of people who do make good money don't leave here because it's so beautiful. Yeah. You know, from Johannesburg, which is, as you point out, this in the center at very high altitude. Uh, and, and I'm in Johannesburg right now. I'm, I'm, I'm up for some, for some work stuff. And I flew up here from Cape Town. Is it's under a two-hour flight? You know, I, yeah. I got here. It took me an hour forty-five. Uh, so you can go from Johannesburg to the coast, and the coast from here by flight is actually forty-five minutes. Yeah, the closest coast. You know, you could be down at the coast. You know, on, on a boat cruise, looking at dolphins or whales yeah. in the ocean. And when you get to you know the, the closest coast to, to Johannesburg, you could drive there. Yeah, and between Johannesburg and getting to the coast uh, in Durban, my hometown. Uh, there are mountain passes and mountain ranges and you can spend time in the mountains that look like, you know, parts of, of France and, and, and parts of Italy, uh, just the mountains, you know, the mountainous region. Yeah. And in beautiful resorts, you know, we've got five-star resorts all over the place. Yeah, no, um, it's a gorgeous I, place. I, I've, I've been told, and I've been to Europe loads of times for, for, for work and on a, on a typical day in Cape Town and, and sometimes in, in Durban and Johannesburg, I would see more supercars in South Africa than I would see yeah, a day yeah, in Copenhagen yeah. or a day in Milan or a oh. day in, in Lisbon, you know. So <laughs> there's, there's lots going on here, which I think people just don't realize. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, I mean, if I, I guess if anywhere has got a perception of, of modern Africa, I guess it is South Africa, but I, I don't think that does it justice personally I, I think it's every time i've gone to south africa i've been quite a few times it's just yeah it's just it's a gorgeous gorgeous country like like you know wherever you are like it, it is you know, gorgeous you say it and and you know you you have pounds in your pocket and and all the europeans i know and and all the americans and all the foreigners whether it's from you know scandinavia to to italy or G the germans love coming here mm. you know people come back come here they always come back yeah for you sure know, they just come here and they love it and they never come here and say oh i'm never going back to that place yeah. it's one of those you know s-hole countries that i'm never going to visit again <laughs> and they come back and they tell their friends and their friends come and they just love it um, yeah. you know as you say it's just just gets this poor rap in the news and on telly and once you hear you realize how nice it really is yeah no one million percent one million percent and i guess look let's hope that it is I'd love it for it to be next year. I think only for, for Lewis and to have that, you know, to have Lewis be able to get over, you know, he's in the last year of his contract next year. I do hope he resigns, but maybe he doesn't. Uh, but I think that would be really, really cool to, for, for Lewis to be in, in South Africa. It would be great for him to race. He's driven here before. He's driven Kailami before. It was some Vodafone promo they did years yeah. ago. Uh, you know, so a few people have seen him and caught up with him, but, but he hasn't raced an F1 car here. And that would be really cool. I'd love to. I've seen him race in Europe. I was lucky mm. enough to, to get to a few races, but I haven't seen him race here. It would be quite cool. Be uh, awesome. In which case, I think the beers will be on him. And yes, yes, one hundred percent. I feel like the beers have got to be on Lewis. He's just got to have to hold that. Um, <laughs> so look, uh, Sadir, thank you, uh, thank you for the chat. Before I go, um, what you're wearing? Can people buy that? Is that a is that a purchasable 
it is a purchasable item. We only deliver in South Africa for now. Okay. We're trying to expand into Europe. Uh, but you know, it's, it's a double apex brand. If you, if you get a good look at it, it's like, you know, how you approach your race day. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. That so is we do a... a bunch of, a bunch of merch, which is all on our shop, but people should just check out our website. You know, we, yeah. we do lots of news and reviews. I have my own YouTube channel. So guys can check it out and, and give us a, a like and a, you know, the usual, I believe you have to smash a like button. Yeah, got to smash the like button and subscribe. Doesn't work if you don't smash a like button. Yeah, you can't just you can't just click it. You got to smash that. No, you you got to smash a like button. (laughs) What's the point, really? Exactly, exactly. But look, thank you so much. I think people really gonna enjoy the fact that it feels close. It feels like a matter of when and not if. Uh, And you know, fingers crossed. We can fingers and toes crossed that we can get, you know, they can get it over the line, man, because I think it'll be a moment in history. It's going to be incredible. I cannot wait. (laughs) Well, look, me either. Thank you today. I will contact, I'm actually in South Africa. I'm actually in Cape Town. Like December, end of December, beginning of January. Oh, excellent. I'll I'll hit you up and we'll we'll go for those drinks, okay? Absolutely. I am there. (laughs) Love that. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, mate. I appreciate it. Take care. Okay, now that was Sadir from Double Apex. Make sure you take a look at his website, which I've left below, as well as his YouTube. And if you're in South Africa, why not grab one of those t-shirts? They look pretty cool. So next up, we've got Wame and Langer from the DRS Open podcast. And uh, I love these two. They've got their own podcast. I absolutely love seeing black people uh, in F1 making podcasts. More of it, more content creators. So take a look or take a listen uh, to this interview coming up right now. Oh, but before that, like, subscribe, five-star review, all of them things there. Here's the interview. Okay, so joining me for this part of the podcast, I've got someone whose podcast I've already been on, uh, people that I interact with on Twitter and very much enjoy their company. I have got Wame and Langer from the DRS Open Podcast. Hello! Welcome to How's you. How's it going? How are you? Uh, I, I'm how 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 are you guys doing uh, over there in South Africa? How's it going? Um, it's cold as hell, really cold. Um, I think the cold is gonna kill us, but we'll survive. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like your cold is different to our cold. Like it really I, is. Yeah, I feel like how how cold is it there now? I bet it's like what seven eight degrees or something. No, actually, twenty degrees on my side of the world. I Pardon? Don't know how it's thirty. <laughs> From what I can see. Did you say 20 degrees? Yes. Oh, well, that's what's showing on my laptop. 20 degrees. Yeah, you know it's wild. It's wild. White people I are walking around topless time. in that weather. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. I remember the first time I was in the UK. Yeah, no, not the first time, but I was uh, going to watch some football and I was in Manchester. Mm. And I arrived there, obviously it was bloody raining. I arrived there, had coats, like jeans and dressed to the nines type thing. And um, I, I arrived, met some guys at the pub yes. before yes. the game. They were in like shorts and sandals. <laughs> and I felt like an absolute donut that day. Well, I didn't feel like it because I was like, I'm cold. But everyone's just like, dude, what are you doing? I was like, it's cold. It was probably like 50. <laughs> like, that is unreal, unreal. The um, we have to remember, like, because it's so cold here, sometimes 
it doesn't even have to be hot for them to get into summer wear. Like as long as the yeah. sun is out, then we're going for it. Okay, shorts out, flip flops, t-shirts. Uh, it's it's absolutely crazy. Um, so look, uh, DRS Open. Uh, I know I came on the show. Was it this year? Uh, or was it early, early this year? Early yeah, this year, beginning of right? beginning this year. Yeah, right. So, um, what made you guys want to start a podcast, and why each other? <laughs> well, I'll answer this, Langa. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> sure, go out, go out. Um, the funny thing is, we met on Twitter just like everyone else, and we used to interact a lot. Well, Langa said he followed me because I had. Lewis on my um, header and my bio and he's like oh well I'm gonna follow this girl and then he started interacting with me which is funny because I don't follow back Red Bull fans and I followed him back and we had a we had a chat about Chico I think I was being very hard on Chico as I always am because he's a bozo that's not the point um, <laughs> oh man we had the gunshots and, back <laughs> and and he was telling me that um, no, Chico is going to come along. I think it was even after Silverstone, yes, because he had a bozo moment in Silverstone last year. And I was like, no, he's going to do okay. You know, don't worry. And I'm like, no. But then we started enticing a lot. Um, and then we just found ourselves always texting him each other about like the sport. And then just one day last year during, um, I think it was the second half of the season. And Lang was like, Mate, why don't you start a podcast? I'm like, no, why don't you start one? You know, since you're also knowledgeable about the sport. And then he's like, no, let's start it together. And then we started recording a lot of demos, like so many demos. I think we have like four demos somewhere in our archives. <laughs> and then we recorded the Jedi episode, which was actually really amazing. We enjoyed that. It was after Max's terrorism last year. And I was just like, you know what? We should put that out. <laughs> and, and that's how everything started. Oh, that's, that's cool. I, I'm not even going to lie to you. You guys invited me on Langa. I didn't actually know who you supported, and then I was just on your podcast sat there, and then you were just like, "Ah, oh, Red Bull." I was like, "Wait, hang on, hang on, <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of ambush is this?" <laughs> Could not believe it. It was so soon after Abu Dhabi as well. I was like, "I don't know if I'm ready for this." Yeah, yeah. I, I, listen, I think you know, like Wami said, I, I don't think she missed a single beat. Uh, you know, I think one thing about the pod, it was part of our thinking was like wouldn't it be cool if we actually had like diametrically opposing views you know like yeah. we see like there are lots of times i don't know why I mean, where, where i ask you the question are we watching the same sport <laughs> right and like but like in a sincere sort of where no one's like baiting anyone else um i actually remember that silverstone weekend and i, I remember that was the first time it struck me that like like pure fandom right can like throw you like into opposite uh, uh, sides of the sphere. Yeah. Like one of my really, really good mates who supports Mercedes and supports Hamilton. So immediately after Max and uh, and Lewis's crash, the first thing I tweeted was racing incident, right? Um, that was my instinct. And of course, then the race gets red flagged. Yeah. And they showed that thing. They must have showed it about a hundred times. Oh yeah. And the more I watched it, the more I watched the repeats, right? And I remember I tweeted out, I said, listen, I still believe it's a racing incident, but if there's a penalty that's gonna be given here, it has to be Hamilton's, right? Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, big, big I'm talking about <laughs> my friends, my friends who are like, 
you know, we, we, we talk about the sport all the time. We, we chill out together. We have like loads of beers together. And they were like apoplectic with me. And I was just like, but guys, like, first of all, I said it's a racing incident. That's what I think. But, you know, like if, and that's a very big if, you know, it will be Hamilton's. Like I was very confident that nothing's going to happen to Verstappen after that in terms of any penalties or whatever. Like just, you know. And, but it also made me realize that like there's an intensity of emotion that people have. And you can make something of that if you take it and you channel it the right way. And I mean, Wame and I, um, get along really, really well. I don't think you'd ever actually say that we, you know, we have really opposing views on the pod. So, yeah, I think you know that Silverstone weekend was big in terms of pushing us forward to do something like this, yeah. um, where you know we've got we literally support different teams and probably the two most diametrically opposed teams in yeah. the sport. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're actually on the wrong side of history. <laughs> 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 I might be. I might be. I can admit that. Yeah, and I'm okay know. with that. Yeah, yeah. in uh, in yeah, in 20, 25, 30 years time, we're all gonna be looking back like, wow, Red Bull were really scummy, weren't they? And then you're just gonna have to hold that. But that's fine. It's not <laughs> bad. I have no, I have no, I have no intention of like being a character defense for people who I don't know who are likable. Yeah. So all he cares about is the wins. Wins and results, that's it. Everything else <laughs> leaves out the door. Um, no, it's it's really cool. Um, it's cool that you've got that dynamic. It's quite similar to uh, how we started ours. You know, I just, me and Tandy used to talk about F1 on Twitter. And then I was just like, do you want to start a podcast? And then here we are later. You know, she's uh, on the podcast, Drunk Off Lychee Martinis. So um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's lovely how life works out. Um, so... Uh, I actually recently saw you both had um, separate media duties uh, in in South Africa uh, earlier this year. I think one of you was on TV and one of you was on another. uh, Was it TV or was it radio? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I guess what was that like, I guess, to be able to... Because, you know... It's, it must be nice to be able to kind of talk about Formula One on other platforms and um, to be able to kind of, yeah, have those opportunities. Yeah, well, I think, me, um, I, let me, let, let, yeah, go for it. Sorry. Ladies first, please. <laughs> <laughs> I was on radio, Langa was on TV. Mm. And for me, it was not that networking because I'm camera shy, if you guys have seen this. Um, and I had to speak, I had to like um, go through the interview in my native language, by the way. Oh, um, yeah. I had to mm-hmm. not speak English, which was pretty cool because then I had to learn more about the sport in my own language. So it was never breaking, but it was also pretty cool. And it was like for 15 minutes. So it was actually nice. fun. You know, after you've done it, you're just like, oh my God, I'm actually really good at what I say, like, <laughs> at what I do. You know, like I know yeah. myself. Yes. <laughs> and I was on TV. <laughs> Yeah, but can I, I think, you know, um, one of the things that we've often thought about and are being really deliberate about is how do you create access for people into the sport, right? Yeah. So part of, part of what we want to do is to have conversations with fellow content creators and perhaps people in media, people who have been engineering. Like we've been really lucky already, I think early on with like some of the guests that we've had. Yeah. What Wame did that evening, speaking um, in Isisutu, uh, because 
language is a huge barrier in our country, right? Okay, yeah. Language has a lot of barriers that it creates in terms of access. So when she was there speaking Isutu, she immediately made the sport so much more accessible to a lot of people who socioeconomically uh, may not have had any concept. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we might take things like Netflix for granted, but mm-hmm. like our country is the type of country where like, I, I'm, I'm guesstimating 80% of the nation doesn't have Netflix or access to a Netflix account. So when you can speak to them on national radio, speak to them in their language and be like, hey, you know what? I'm a woman, you know, I'm creating content. It's like, oh, it can spark something. It can spark an inspiration for, for young people, for young black people, particularly young black girls. I think like mm. what she did that week was pretty incredible. No, it's, it's super, super true. And uh, it's, uh, it's one of those things, right? Where I guess for me, and having heard you said that, I, of course, understand uh, why it's important for us to do content in F1, I guess, on a, not superficial, but on a very, on the fact that we're black, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and, and even though we're in different countries and different continents, there's that kind of shared experience thing, right? Of, of, yeah. of being black and being an F1 fan and all of the things that we go through and, and um, being able to empathize with some of the things Lewis might go through as, as the black person on the grid. But to hear it, that there's actually, there's more than just being black, right? It's like I said, it's the language mm-hmm. issue. And I, you know, I take it for granted that you guys speak perfect English, but there's, there's some people who obviously for some people that's not possible. And so mm-hmm. it's, it must be in some ways a, a, a small barrier to entry on its own, just because, you know, you're, you're listening to stuff and you're reading stuff that's, I guess, in a different language. Yep. And I was also telling Langa the other day that you, um, Quick Stop as a whole, actually inspired us also to start this. Uh-huh. Like, we had already started it before we came across you guys. But then when we saw you guys, how confident you guys were and how, you know, biased you guys. I was like, you know what, maybe <laughs> I should actually rip Lois something <laughs> diplomatic all the time. I should push my agenda oh. for you without being like, yeah, yeah, I should like push it without being shy or anything like that because in at the end of the day, I do really support him and him only. I yeah. mean, you can say Mercedes, but like, you know, I'm a Lewis fan, so I'm a Mercedes Lewis fan. First, so. Lewis first, Mercedes second, for sure. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if yes. Lewis went to Haas tomorrow, I'm, I'm Gunter Steiner's biggest fan. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I look, uh, I think that's really cool. Um, look, when we started, I... You know what? I'll be honest. When we started, I had the vision of us being a black podcast, but I wanted us to be as universally liked as possible. So in my mind, I I was kind of holding back on the Lewis, um, Lewis love and or, or bias, and I was kind of you know if you go back to our early episodes, I was very much trying to be this kind of trying to be this I don't know like unbiased <laughs> slick like you know i guess um alternative to sky or some of the bigger f1 podcasts and then honestly i'm not gonna lie if it weren't for tandy it probably would have stayed that way but tandy just doesn't give a fuck so 
Tandy off the off the bat in the first episode was calling Vettel and Bottas a bum, and she was like saying all these things. And I remember at first being like, "Fuck it, out, Tandy, you're gonna get us cancelled." And then I realized, and then one day I realized that you know what, it's it, all you could do is be your authentic selves, whatever yeah. that is, in any situation, right? And and yeah. that's what people will gravitate to. And I think people gravitate to to anyone who are just their authentic selves. And some people are gonna like that. Some people like you can't make everyone happy. But um, yeah, that wasn't a deliberate thing. We we basically stumbled across that. So it's nice that um, that, that got taken on. Um, so you guys are in south africa you're on the ground um f1 has increased in popularity um everywhere right it, the sport yeah. is growing like you know it's you know every country that they go to the races are sold out they're increasing capacity record capacities in every race every, everywhere they go um are you guys feeling the same in in south africa uh, and- Everyone on, I saw on, you know how we've always like, when I started different Twitter, it was just me and like everyone from London, you know, people internationally, like there was just very few of us in South Africa. And then last year, as you're watching the races, you just kept on seeing more South African officials get into it. Some people say yes, like some people just don't even know what they're saying. <laughs> but then it's just nice to see um, a lot of people talking about it. I mean, it angers me when I see them just saying oh no max is better than Lewis," and i'm like please shut up but also <laughs> i'm like oh my god it's reaching them you know so yeah. um i think it is going to like it is um reaching south africa and it's, it's actually it actually does have a market cap because i'm always seeing how excited people are people you wouldn't even think would go to like the race always i like oh my god kala needs to happen we need to be there with our girlfriends <laughs> and i'm like oh my god can you guys please relax we need to like the sports fans need to be there first look at you gatekeeping already next thing you know you're going to be telling like people to get off martin brundle's yeah yeah these guys don't even know who 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 oh. Do you know what I mean who, who I am? Should be walking around the circuit like, do you guys even know who I am? Like, unbelievable. Because I was saying this like gatekeeping is bad. Sometimes gatekeeping isn't bad. No, look, uh, that's a fair point. That is, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna comment on that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, 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 Langer, um, in, in your, I guess, yeah, in, in your, in your point of view, where? Where do you see this going for for South Africa? I guess, like for me, like I I, I look at uh, I look at it with the point of view that I guess really in terms of F one, it's definitely I would I would say South Africa probably is like the leading uh, even just like motorsport and uh, and car appreciation culture in Africa. Um, it feels like there's a really big market there. For, for f1 to be able to tap into if they're able to do it right no absolutely and i think um a couple of weeks ago uh we were really lucky to have a conversation with kriya gangia she's a local uh media personality petrol head Mm. travel influencer like jack of all trades but you know she gave us a lot of insights about the scope for development of motorsport more broadly, right, in South Africa. And, you know, as as she was chatting to us, FIA has put in a huge amount 
of um, investment into driver development, right? So like yeah. we've got a couple of guys, you know, uh, Brad Binders and MotoGP, but there are a couple of other guys who are up and coming, uh, particularly on, on two wheels, right? Mm. Uh, there's a pretty, there's a unique market for, for, I don't know how to frame it, but you know, like sort of non-conventional motorsport motor stuff. Uh, Guys are, you know, going out and doing their wheelies, and I've, I've lost, I've lost the English. But there's a huge market, and in a in a way that I'm not sure is really happening in the rest of the world. Like if you go down to Cape Town, um, yeah. some of the some of the official and unofficial events that are happening there um, uh, are, are pretty extraordinary. So I think, you know, we're, it's only going to grow. Uh, yeah. We we've we've followed a similar trend in terms of how Formula One has. Uh, growing in popularity in of itself yeah. but there's so much more about the motorsport and you know again one another one of our guests who I you know I'm thinking about uh, Beef2 who is you know a, uh, a design engineer at McLaren right yeah uh, McLaren Automotive and if you if you just think about open people's eyes to the range of possibilities within motorsport. Like part of my favorite part of our conversation was when she kept telling us about crash testing. I think that's so cool, right? Um, and, you know, I learned a lot from her in that conversation. And it just got me thinking that like, we, we need to create the environment where people can see ways into it or be a content creator, right? Or yeah. be that engineer, yeah. or, you know, you don't, you don't always have to be the pilot in the cockpit. You know, you don't, not everyone is Lewis Hamilton. Some people can be James Allison, right? Yeah. That's a really good point. Really good point because it, it's got the ability to really influence and open people's up, people's eyes up to a career, which, you know, could serve them well at home, but it could serve them well anywhere in, in the world, yeah. really engineering yeah. essentially. And, you know, anything to do with kind of like motorsports and, and so forth. So, that's a really good point. And I guess you talk about unconventional. When I, look, I'm just going to be straight up on it. Like South African yeah. F1 Twitter is my favorite part of Twitter. But hands, <laughs> hands down, hands down, I absolutely am in love with it. Um, you guys are so funny, so passionate. Um, and there's actually, I wouldn't say it's like the largest um uh, community on Twitter, but you guys yeah. make your presence felt um and it's you know from a range of things you, you know you've got people who, who do spaces which are really informative and really funny and then you've got people who just got the most incredible jokes and and whatever and uh you know there's always that support for all drivers to be like for, for especially like max and, and lewis mostly lewis of, of course i guess how how important is as that community i know you guys touched on it earlier but how important has that community been, I guess, in in the growth of, of F1? Because it, it does seem as well that people, from what I can see anyway, people kind of look into the stuff that, because you guys obviously have, as much as people might not believe us, we have lives outside of F1 and, you know, we have, we have <laughs> friends and interests outside of F1. But people kind of look at all of these interactions that we have daily with each other and they probably look to think like, oh, what's what's going on over there? That seems really fun. And it seems to kind of like snowball effect people join in. And um, I guess how important is the, uh, I guess, has Twitter been for the growth of like the South African, I guess, community fan base uh, uh, on F1? 
I think Twitter as a whole is actually really good for the sports. Um, the FIA needs to pay us, but that's not the point. Um, Look, yes, no. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about it. Let's talk about yeah. it. I actually saw a report. Yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm actually going to get pissed off. Yeah, they released a report <laughs> just after Abu Dhabi, right? And they were like, "Yeah, F1 is like the most talked about sport on Twitter. I think it's like I'm whatever, sure like 160 like billion whatever impressions, impressions and yeah. That sort of thing. yeah." And I was like, "I've contributed to that, okay, <laughs> but I've put in work <laughs> yes. for some of those impressions, okay. Yeah. I need a check. We all need checks. You think these <laughs> like these memes?" And these tweets should not be free, okay? And this sport is selling, selling exactly. that, they're selling all of this information. They're like, hey, look, look how popular this sport is. Come and, come and advertise with us. And I'm, it's not going to dent the bank account. That, that's the thing. Also, it's not going to dent anything. I'm looking. I'm looking under my beer. I'm looking. I'm looking. <laughs> I, I, can't, I, I, I'm, I can't find it. I don't know where it is. It's, it's not in my pocket. But look, that's neither here nor there. Thank you for angering me. But carry on. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> It, 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 no, it does seem like, yeah, you know, you guys, you guys do, uh, are able, yeah, you, sharing of all your stuff seems to have helped you guys grow as a community. Yeah, like Twitter has helped me enjoy the sport more than anything. I think the Twitter community helps us go through a lot of things. Like after Abu Dhabi, I was carrying my bag to everything. And then my Twitter community, like like everyone on Twitter was just helping us, like helping me go through everything. So I think the South African um, F1 Twitter community is also growing because I was told by a few mutual fans, whenever they don't know what's happening in F1, they just go through my timeline and then, <laughs> then they'll be up to date. And I was like, ooh, that's cool, but you guys need to pay me now because I'm not doing this for free. <laughs> and then, <laughs> yes <laughs> and then others were just like they recommend our pages like if there's someone wants to get into the sport um they just recommend my page most of the time and then they recommend like now because we started like our own DRS open page they recommend that page for the times so everything and i'm just like well this actually is a growing community and i really enjoy it because they also interact with us and the Africans also love a good party so i think they've made sundays like and you know a, a party type of thing because one thing about the Africans they will drink and they will have a good time and that's what they meet Sundays for. And I actually really like, like that. So I know that Thailand is actually going to be a vibe if they don't make a public holiday like they did in <laughs> the <laughs> then they would have failed us because we are fighting hard for Thailand to come. Oh, God. Let me tell you what's hilarious about Kailami is that I'm seeing the influence of South African Twitter. I'm seeing people who live in the yeah. arse end of nowhere. Like, <laughs> I've got to go to Kalami. I've got to, we, we're all going to be there. We're all going to go to Kalami. Uh, Langer, um, what would Kalami mean, I guess, in South Africa? And I guess people who, people who listen to this podcast might be wondering, I guess, why is it a, why, why is it a big deal for us to talk about yeah, uh, a race in South Africa? I guess, you know, is a, ra- a race in South Africa is, is the same as a, a race anywhere else in the world, maybe. Um, I mean, if they are, they probably don't know us that well. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but um, I guess, w- what is special about F1 returning to South Africa after 20 years? And, um, and I guess what would it mean to South Africans themselves to have a global event like that um, in the country again? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a, it, 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 you, you think about the, the gatekeeping conversations that we had 
uh, when Las Vegas was announced, right? Yeah. How, oh my goodness, how can America have three races and <laughs> two in Italy and, you know, possibly two in China coming up in the next couple of years. Um, I think I think the FIA has recognized that its credibility, which is in tatters more generally. I said the FIA, maybe, maybe I should be saying Liberty Media, to yeah. be fair. Um, uh, recognize that the legitimacy of a world championship necessarily <laughs> means you've got to go around the world, right? So that's the first thing. So you have to have a race in Africa. Uh, or, or, you know, think about when in 2020, the COVID season and, and the concerns that they had about was it going to be a full-on world championship at the time we thought we were only going to be able to race in Europe. Yeah. Um, and luckily, you know, other races were able to happen. So it, it makes the concept of a world championship legitimate. And I think for us, I mean, I'll be honest with you, uh, we've had a, one or two false dawns. We've yeah. lost the Rugby World Cup, lost the Cricket World Cup. Most recently, Football World Cup in 2010 had a lot of promise about what it was going to bring for the country and new opportunities. We've got a whole lot of white elephant stadiums right now. Um, some of those stadiums that they've built in like Mombombela yeah. um, make absolutely no sense. So I wouldn't, I think people would be a little bit more cautious, like I'm talking on the ground now, because we've kind of seen a couple of false storms with these big events. Nevertheless, I don't think anyone would deny the power of like how, how galvanizing it would be to have the sport here and how galvanizing it would be for us, you know, to have, you know, let's call it 15 of the world's best drivers, right? A couple of them are definitely not the 20 best drivers <laughs> in the world. Um, <laughs> You should be you thankful know. to that TV. He gave you a champion. I was going to say, I'm checking his bank account because the money that should be coming to us, maybe, uh, maybe it's going there. Uh, Alex Albon. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, so it, it, the, the power will be incredible. And, I, you know, if we can, and if we, if we can come back continuously, I think that's something which is also really interesting, you know, again, the culture around it, people being, walking up and down the paddock, seeing the opportunities, seeing what people do, uh, you know, is, is, is wide. I think the repeated nature of it, that's really what it's going to do. Yes. And I mean, you know, we've not had a race post-democracy the last you know south african the south african grand prix if you talk to anyone of an older sort of age whatever is riddled with controversy uh whether it was guys who were coming here in the 80s uh and in the drivers they were chilling at a hotel in hyde park you know debating whether or not they should race yeah. right that's the last mm -hmm. image that a lot of people have about the south african grand prix and so i think it would be so watershed to show them okay listen we're not perfect. We're far from perfect. There's a lot of things that have gone wrong, but this is a sign of like an opportunity to go forward and to propel the country forward. You know, I think that's what it would mean for people. It would be pretty amazing. The only thing, the only thing that would disadvantage us is load shedding. I think that would just. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about this. No, because this oh, is. Oh. I look at oh, you guys' oh. Twitter in absolute. And look. Actually, you know what? Before I say anything, 
I'm from Zimbabwe, okay? So I know about electricity getting cut off. Like, that is like, I'm aware. But you guys, like, <laughs> I see you guys talk about the electricity going off multiple times a day. Like, and, yeah, like today it's gonna go three times. Why? Just explain to for the people on the podcast, on the listeners, what is load shedding <laughs> and why may that be an issue? <laughs> If you're trying to run a Grand Prix. <laughs> well. I think nature can explain this. I can't. Like, I don't even understand what load shedding is to that. I'm just like, why do you have to suffer without electricity? You know? Yeah. Well, what I would say for, like, global audiences, so, you know, load shedding is just rolling blackouts. But if you want to understand its potential effects, Monaco 2022, right? So oh, yeah. what happened? What happened in Monaco? It rained. Uh, the rain got into the, the 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 city's infrastructure type thing, and that's why we had rolling starts because they can't get the lights to go on. Right? They can't guarantee that when it's lights out and away we go, the lights are actually going to turn on in the first place. So like, <laughs> you, know, you end up with rolling starts. Listen. Uh, they'll obviously make contingencies. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a general. They didn't join the Rugby World Cup. They didn't join the Rugby World Cup. There's a video well documented on Twitter where load shedding hit during a live, uh, a live rugby match and everyone was like, whoa, load shedding. Do you think that can happen? That would embarrass me. It was a massive. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll actually send you the video. A massive local rugby cup competition. Uh, rugby match is 80 minutes. It's tight as hell. Right, yeah. it's a it's less than uh, less than five points the difference in the game. Uh, we're going into I guess what they call it injury time in football, really? um, and the stadium lights went off. Literally, it's the most embarrassing. It happened about a month ago. Oh, it's oh no! Actually, the most embarrassing thing. And and yeah, uh, you know. I, and look, you would and you would think that obviously if they're agreeing to it that like you say contingencies would be made and we would hope or expect that 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 wouldn't be an issue god imagine uh if if that was but i guess yeah it's not going to be a night race that's yeah no yeah let's say it's definitely not not going to be a night race um look i've got to ask a question i've seen i've been south africa a fair amount um but obviously i don't live there um there's some i've seen a lot of things said about south africa uh in the wake of potential race being there right so let's just go through a couple of the stereotypes that maybe people have about south africa and and i guess it's um its ability to to hold a race so for example we've got like the let's say just the ignorant white person it's in africa uh you know the south africa all south africans live in huts and uh <laughs> you know uh, i do they even know like, is, is the track gonna be made out of dirt xyz like so like let's just dispel that myth um <laughs> uh, south africa's gorgeous <laughs> listen 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 I'll, and again i'll share this with you on twitter i'm on a social media sabbatical at the moment so i uh, know look in a couple uh, of months i need um, that yeah um <laughs> like we've had like 
hippos <laughs> literally running around in four ways in Santon. Uh, we've had not multiple... helping. Yeah, I was going to say, we've had multiple breaches of like Kruger National Park where there's literally lions, you know, sort of running around the N12. If you are the type oh, of person I... who is scared that this might happen to you, please don't come. <laughs> Like honestly, like like just don't just don't come. Like uh, we, like it's fine. We'll get all the There's brave warriors right? uh, who are I willing to brave it out in the safari, you know, to come to South Africa, and like we'll be we'll be okay with that. I love I love that gatekeeping. <laughs> one this one time, my cousin went to America, right? Um, North America, and um, one of the people they asked her if like they breathe oxygen in Africa. And I was like, Are you serious? They breathe like, oxygen. Yeah, yes like because the oxygen is like in africa and i'm like what so if guys we have oxygen um <laughs> we have houses like we don't use a community um computer everyone has wi-fi <laughs> everyone has <laughs> yeah meals uh, meals don't cost like six dollars to um per, per, per person so can um, i get one dollar uber is that possible <laughs> absolutely no. not. Absolutely not. <laughs> um life was pretty expensive here i mean we just said we don't have electricity that we don't have like um it's a privilege to have electricity actually um you know we have to have a generator which we do so don't <laughs> worry if the power goes off we have generators um africa isn't a jungle so it's not like even if language existed we have um you know animal breaches and kruger national park beaches it's not a jungle you won't just be chilling watching hamilton um those things canada what were those what are those hogs oh the the yeah the one that latifi ran over you will not have that at kailami like there are no animals yeah. at the racetrack <laughs> like it's not like, gonna happen you won't be chilling having dinner and then well, a lion no there's no lions here i i don't even think i know the last time i saw a lion except on tv of course but yeah like and meals and food and like transport is a bit pricey i think for us more than anything but it is still going to be pricey you're not going to come here and you know pay 100 less than 100 rand for two people unless you go to like kentucky fried chicken yes we have that yes you're yeah. going to pay less than 100 <laughs> for two people um but other than that it's just that but one thing for sure is that you will drink when you're here so like you can drink a lot more than yeah. i think it's a problem but like let's not get to that and before uh, they well, come for me before they no, come no, for I me again, i'll do my best impression oh, wow. i've got my beer here <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I is keeping the integrity of this entire episode <laughs> on her shoulders. Because, wow. I'm not trying to make a senior citizen, um, you know, joke. So I'll just keep it moving. Um, yes, please. Anyway. <laughs> Bam. I mean, come on. Anyway. South Africa is actually a really nice place. Um, you guys will have fun. There's not going to be any of the nonsense that you read on the internet. I think we can pretend to have a good weekend. But we can pretend to have a three good days and then go back to our problems like the next Monday. But it is going yeah. to be really fun. Yeah, and I think that's it, right? Every country has their problems, right? Like, look, let's let's look at America. Let's look what's happening in America right now, right? And. Yeah. Um, you can't you can't there's no country on that calendar which is perfect or which doesn't have issues infrastructurally socioeconomically whatever right like uh, politically so i think for me it's about uh south africa getting to showcase like it did with the world cup i guess which was you know uh 
uh, yeah. people people had an issue with the vivazellas and whatever but <laughs> that's, that's on them um, like i think it was a i think it was an awesome advert for the country south africa i i love south africa i think it's it's a gorgeous gorgeous country the people are lovely um the views are incredible like it is beautiful and um yeah it, people know how to party there like if you if you want to party you will not find any shortage and you know respectfully the women are gorgeous so <laughs> like what more could you want what more could you want i can't talk for the men unfortunately but the women are <laughs> incredible <laughs> we, don't, yeah, we don't have a great reputation right no, now so it's, say, it's all right it's all right it's all right look zimbabweans are the same look it's, it's fine look it's fine look I, I'd rather be on my end of the stick, to be honest. Yeah, like, that's that's fine. If I have to be an ugly man, but with beautiful women, I'm, I'm fine. I'm ugly. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, so you're ugly. Okay. Oh, 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 oh no. Oh, only beautiful women to choose but from. What about oh. us? Uh, you'll survive. What about Don't us? Worry. Don't worry. You'll survive. It's fine. It's okay. Don't worry. But beauty's only skin. You know, beauty's more than what's on the face. You've got to look inside. You've got to look inside people's personalities. Um, um, so and, and i guess um are you guys are you guys gonna want to go to the you gonna go to the Wembley? you gonna try what i did hear is that they're gonna make um because one of the things that i think people worried about was obviously affordability so um yeah. uh but i think they're making tickets available locally for uh for local people at like a there so that things at like a reasonable reasonable price um so i guess yeah you guys are you guys looking forward to going if it if it is announced let me correct that. As long as someone hasn't said that officially, can you please just take that with like a grain of salt? Because South Africans like selling each other jeans. <laughs> as long as the official website hasn't said that we're going to um, make tickets visible for South Africans, um, let's just all budget around, you know, and yeah. normal airfront tickets. And I think, um, am I going to go? Of course I'm going to go. I mean, to miss, I wouldn't miss it for the world. I think I'm going to sell my mom's car. Yeah, <laughs> or just you know, <laughs> I was saying that we should all open a GoFundMe account, right? And right. then we all donate, and then yes, and then me and all my international mutuals, we book one um Airbnb, a huge Airbnb, right? Right, yeah, yeah. And we all keep uh, all keep in like that place, and the food. Don't worry, like like that. Those Americans said we can get Kentucky the whole weekend, yeah. and we <laughs> but we will be fed. <laughs> and it's very easy to get alcohol here like you don't need to have like expensive alcohol just get shots just get drunk and you will get drunk you know That's you, fine. that can happen as long, yeah as, as long as I, I've got, I definitely wouldn't use it for the world as long as i've got bry as long as that's all that's all i need i don't need anything else like at all bribe and sunscreen. sunscreen yes last time i went i was like i was on my hotep shit like black people don't need sunscreen and i got the <laughs> biggest heat rash in the world i got such a heat rash i can't even describe you ever had a heat rash before no, I, that, but yeah, that shit will shame you into sunscreen. Let me tell you. Um, so, uh, so yeah, look, guys, that is uh, that is enough for me. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I would like to talk about. Oh yeah, sorry, quickly, Lang. I know you're a Max Verstappen fan, so maybe I don't know if this is suitable, but. Uh, uh, how imp- <laughs> how important is uh how important is lewis i guess um i guess 
Lewis being in South Africa next year, potentially if it does happen next year, would be a huge thing. Uh, you know, he's always said he said always said he wanted it, and uh, obviously he always talks quite glowingly about South Africa, and especially when he met uh, Nelson Mandela. But um, <laughs> so, so, why are you laughing? Why He met Nelly D. Like <laughs> he thinks about him all the time, right? every day. <laughs> Oh You're laughing too hard, but something's about a Lewis fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, let yeah, Lewis, okay, yeah, yeah. Let, let oh, Lewis yeah. he, he does think about him every day. Let him join. Between <laughs> posting Roscoe uh, Instagram things, he's just thinking, oh. Have you seen, like, the spirit of Madiba uh, memes that come up, like, any time, like, Hamilton's ops might be doing, like, reasonably okay? I think it was after Canada. That was yeah. crazy. Look. That was crazy. Some good stuff. Sometimes he's got the thing. He's not smiting the right people. He's like he's smiting Checo, you know? and he's he's smiting Leclerc. But it's like you you need to switch that. You need to get Verstappen. <laughs> like that's where it needs I, to go. Let me tell you something. Yasin, you know how I always predict like Leclerc, Leclerc, Leclerc not winning, right? Mm. Um, I'm starting to bang Juju for Max. If Mandela won't come through for me, I will start yeah. doing it personally. I am the woman for that job. <laughs> Max so is going to start having bad luck out of me. You know what, yeah. And well, no one hey, will be ready for it. You're, I tell you this all the time. You're in for a lot of pain. Like, uh, I'm not going to go. lie to you. I prayed for, for Max's. Long, I prayed for, for Max's downfall, and it, and it Guys, <laughs> to be happening. I, I'm not. I don't know if my prayer is not being heard. I don't know if it's working, but uh, it, the prayers have run out. Why are you praying? Why don't you just use black magic? Well, black people, why can't we just use that? Just you know what? That's true. I'm tr- it, yeah. You know? I'm trying to use a white person's magic. That's a problem. Uh, <laughs> they're not going to smite their own. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, no. Uh, I guess is Lewis important? Um, not important, but I guess. But I guess have is having Lewis there a good, I guess, gateway. As it is, I guess in America they've got him in a way that they know him culturally, and you know they they kind of gravitate towards him there. Is that something similar in South Africa? To be fair, I do see a lot of Red Bull Verstappen fans um, from from South Africa as well. So, is it as pronounced? Is it as pronounced in South Africa, or is it, or is it just um, not as pronounced? I think he is. Um, I've seen with the people that actually root for Lewis and everything else. I've seen um, how Lewis is important to them. Like I always say that it's hard to be um, a neutral Formula One fan, and you're obviously going to gravitate to your train. And I've seen people just watching for the first time and being like oh my god lewis is the one you know and not just for that i think for the cars and for black kids i watched um baku last year which was the worst race i could have watched with my nieces and nephews but <laughs> i watched baku last year with my nieces and nephews and i can tell you to this day they always have lewis on the status like status post and i'll just be on whatsapp or on instagram and i'll just see them sharing all of lewis's posts and i'm like you know what? i get that my niece once said to me that he wants, he might want to join F1, not the driving and everything, but like the paddock and just nice. being an engineer because of Lewis. And I'm like, well, me too. I think the biggest part of why I love the sport is because of him. That's why when nice things that happen to him, I just stop, like I, my love for the sport kind of just like wavers a bit. But yeah, I really do believe that Lewis is a huge, huge part of why South Africans want, to, want um, the Grand Prix to come to side. I mean, just to see him here yeah, and being embraced by a lot of 
being embraced by a lot of black people i don't think he gets to see that on track where he like looks at the stands and he sees a lot of black people here he will get to see that you know and yeah. he'll be cheered on and even the, the the red bull fans that do cheer for um, max i can tell you right now that sometimes this band, south africans have this thing of like hating on just people that are successful just for bands so some people root for max because they just feel like it's gonna anger your normal different fans so when Lewis does something, yeah, you see a lot of people rooting for him. Every single black person, whether they support Red Bull or they support um, Mercedes, they'll just be rooting for Lewis. And I think he just needs to see that as well. He's been in the sport for a long time and hasn't got, gotten that thing where he just looks at the um, grandstands, he looks at the paddock, and there's just a lot of black people. He will get to have that here. And I think that's really important. Ah, uh, that's it. Yeah. No, I, like, I, um, like, I'm a big tennis fan. Right. Mm. And, uh, you know, I support Rafael Nadal. And I, I've tweeted this on more than one occasion this year, which is that, uh, so for people who don't know, Rafael Nadal, um, Roger Federer, and Novak Djokovic going into this year had 20 Grand Slams each, uh, the most of any man, any man on the ATP tour. And then Nadal won his 21st in Australia, 22nd at the French Open a few weeks ago. And what I what I've known what I saw this year because he's also really injury prone besides his older age from the tennis perspective is an incredible outpouring of love. Like okay. Rafa Nadal, for those who might remember, he used to be this weird kid who had like messy hair, wore three quarter pants, and like a sleeveless top. Yeah, like there's no style to him. <laughs> he's faced allegations of doping since pretty much I can remember since he hit this people were just like there's no way this kid can do this you know he must be doping and those allegations some people still have them today up until today when he won the French Open and but on the whole there's been an incredible outpouring of love for him and I'm so glad that he's got to see this whilst he's still in the game and he's appreciated at his peak I wish the same for Hamilton because what he's done for the sport is, you know, it's something that's completely intangible. And again, coming to South Africa, Kailami, he will get that. Trust me. Like, you know, in our, when we have like rugby matches and stuff, like these things we have called Iguija squad um, when South Africa won the Rugby World Cup in 2019, yeah. it was insane. Insane. I anticipate we'll have a lot of that sort of thing at Kailami. And I want him to be appreciated whilst he's in the sport. Like it's, it really sucks when you've got, you know, when we remember people after the fact, oh my gosh, he was so great. And, yeah. you know, often, you know, in this most morbid sense, it's often posthumously, but yeah. like, you know, like let someone who's doing it, who's, who, who has an agenda and has an ability to inspire what Wame is talking about, right? The significance of a preeminent black driver racing in formula one in south africa don't you know you can't you can't underestimate how important that is it's fucking huge like it's yeah. it, <laughs> it's like crazy. like it's fucking huge like let's like let's make no bones about it like it it really is a massive moment in history and i think look we saw how the reception that you got in interlagos which you know we've been going to interlagos yeah. for every year in his career and you know mm -hmm he's always got love in in brazil but obviously last season and i think with this new influx of fans as well it went up a level 
from yeah. anything we've ever seen. I think for any driver, not at their home race, right? I, I, I thought it was just some of the most incredible shit. I, I, and I guess coupled with the incredible drive that he had. Um, South Africa is just going to be an absolute another level on top of that. And if you think about that and how crazy that's going to be, I, I feel really happy for him, really emotional for him because, yeah, like I say, he's been racing in the sport for a long time now. And yeah. he he deserves, like you say, Wami, to see that and to, to, to have yeah. that love. And like I say, Langer, to have that appreciation and to feel that. Look, in last season, potentially could be his last one. I don't think it will be, but you know, his contract runs out at the end of next year. So it would be really nice for him if, you know, if one, if Kalami does get confirmed for next gen two, uh, if, you know, God forbid, oh my God, if it is his last season, then, uh, <laughs> then, uh, then yeah, hopefully he does get that. But look, guys, thank you so much for, for this chat. I really appreciate it. And I want you guys to know that it's, it's really cool seeing you guys, what you do. Um, really proud of you. I hope you guys keep at it, carry on. And, um, yeah, thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. But I hope one day we all get to meet, like we all get to meet and record live, you know, or, or just oh. the four of us and we're just having a good time. We'll do it. And maybe Kailami might just be that. Kailami, let's do it. Let's do it. Quick stop times uh, DRS live. We'll do it. Sunday, yeah. Sunday night. On the after the race, we'll, okay, yeah, okay, fair play. Well, if it's not Sunday night, it might have to be Tuesday because I'm, I'm going hard. Yeah, Let me tell you that right now. I'm uh, I people think I'm this like old, demure old man on this podcast. I right, let me tell you that I love a drink and i'm going to be drinking a lot in south africa uh, when we come over and you'll be around with beautiful women you know that's also like no comment so <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, i'm gonna be uh, completely professional when i come to south africa you know business business for the businessman um but uh <laughs> going crazy um but uh no, thank you guys for coming. We'll definitely do that live podcast when we come over. Uh, I can't wait to meet you guys. I can't wait to meet all of you when we come to South Africa. Um, where can you? Where can guys find you on social media? Um, you can find us on a page at DRS Open underscore on Twitter and on Instagram, but Instagram is a bit inactive at the moment. And you can find me at Wamit Triple underscore on Twitter and Wamit E on Instagram. But please don't follow me on Instagram. I'm, I'm a bit unhinged there. You can find me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you see all my thoughts and you will see my face definitely. Wamit's Instagram is basically Tandy's LinkedIn. Don't go there. Like, don't go there. <laughs> <Same thing. laughs> you know what's mad? She's had an influx of men <laughs> looking at her LinkedIn. <laughs> well, I mean, it, probably, it probably got worse after the after the. Oh the yeah, when she spot, that yeah, was crazy. What, what, she, yeah, what she said, don't go on it. She's had an influx yeah. of men going on. It's like forbidden apple. They're like, oh, what, what it, what's over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. Guys, guys are creepy. Guys are very creepy. So yeah, greedy. So you've got, you've got Twitter and, and Instagram. Everything's there. Why are you stalking on LinkedIn? But um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. unfortunate. Um, Langer, where can people find you? Um, right now, no way. And oh you yeah. Find me. <laughs> <laughs> you can't find me. You can't find me. But it's underscore 
Langaman, uh, L-A-N-G-A-M-A-N, um, I think Twitter and Instagram, but like I'm on a sabbatical, I will probably reopen my socials, I don't know, when the football season starts again. Ah, okay. Yeah. As in, yeah. We won't be seeing Max prop on our timelines, which is a good thing. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. no, listen. Hopefully um, the car's better by then, so we won't have to. <laughs> <laughs> That's, guys, it's not going to happen. And uh, you know, and okay, I, bye. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, well, good. We've got to move on to the next segment. So, guys, <laughs> make sure you go follow these guys on Twitter. <laughs> make sure you go follow these guys on Twitter, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thanks for having us, really appreciate it. And that is it. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, I really enjoyed those two conversations uh, and really lovely people and, and representative of, of South Africa as a country. Just lovely, lovely people, uh, lovely country. It means a lot to me. Uh, I'm part South African uh, as well as Zimbabwean and uh, it would mean so much to me and so so much to so many others. And I hope that you guys enjoyed us sharing that piece with you. Um, and if you have any comments, comment below. But if you've got this far, make sure you're liking the video, subscribing five-star review on Spotify and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. But until next week, where we'll be reviewing the Silverstone Grand Prix and celebrating Tandy on her birthday. Uh, I bid you adieu and make sure no matter what life throws at you, keep it on the black stuff. Take care. Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of Acast Recommends. Welcome to Two Black Girls, One Rose. We're two black girls invading the messiest reality dating shows on earth. I'm Natasha. And I'm Justine. And this season, we're recapping Lifetime TV's hit show, Married at First Sight in Nashville. Married at First Sight <laughs> is a full-on hot mess of a social experiment. Each week on our podcast, we recap the latest episode and dissect the trials and tribulations these five newly married couples are going through, while also dissecting relevant dating, marriage, and relationship topics. And after five years deep in Bachelor Nation, we're now diving into the Married at First Sight universe. So come join us. Listen to us on all podcast platforms every Thursday and join our amazing community on Patreon at patreon.com slash twoblackgirlsfilmworks. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>